Good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Gareth. I am the pastor of New Life Church, and it is such a joy and a pleasure to be able to worship with all of you tonight, remembering the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 1. This evening I'm going to be looking at the promise of Christmas. The promise of Christmas. So 2020 is unlikely to go down as anyone's favorite year, unless you, of course, are a shareholder in Zoom or Amazon. Um, but we all know life has, to a degree, got a little bit harder. Life has become a little less um, certain, and for some people, a little more fearful with this pandemic and all the uncertainties surrounding us. And this Christmas, we can put up the, the Christmas tree, we can put on the, the lights, we can light even candles, but in some way, the world does seem a little bit darker than it did last year. We just need to look around us and see the, the social distancing that's been imposed on us for our, for our safety. And of course, that has kept many people away from celebrating Christmas Eve with us tonight. In many other ways, this year has been a difficult year. In difficult times, though, we look for hope. We look for something to hold on to. We look for something to look forward to. Something or someone that can say to us, don't worry, it will all get better. But this Christmas, it's hard even to say that to ourselves and as we celebrate Christmas this year with all the restrictions and all the regulations it's so easy to focus on the temporary it's so easy to to focus on the negative the things around us it's so easy to take our eyes off heaven and be absorbed by all the current present difficult situations that we find ourselves in so tonight we look toward the scriptures to help us realign our thinking and to find hope that is real, hope that is genuine. And to find hope this Christmas, we go back to the first Christmas, the very first Christmas. 2,000 years ago in Palestine, things weren't very much different. There wasn't a pandemic, but life wasn't easy there. Jesus was born into a, a people who were suffering oppression into people who were suffering injustice, and into a family who became refugees. And we read in Luke chapter 2 that Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor of the Roman Empire, which Israel was a part of at that time, he had made a decree that all the world should be registered. All the, the Roman ruled world at that time. And the, of course, this was not normal for the Israelites. They never had to do this before. And um, to make things more difficult, they had to be registered each to his own town, which, which meant that they had to travel back to the town or the village where they, were, where, where they were born in order to be registered. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, it says that Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. So here the, scenes, the scene opens up for us. Joseph and Mary, they are traveling from Nazareth 
all the way to Jerusalem. And the distance between these two cities is about 193 kilometers. Uh, for us, that's not too much of a problem. We can travel by car, but they didn't have cars in those days, and they had to walk that distance. And that distance would take them about 34 hours to walk. Remember, there weren't buses or there weren't trains which they could take. So it was a difficult journey. And we know Mary was pregnant, and she needed some help to, to make this journey. And, and we know from the scriptures that um, a donkey was used to help her travel. So that's the scene that we find ourselves in here when we reach Matthew chapter 1. In fact, verse 20 tells us that Joseph was considering all of these things. And on top of these difficult circumstances which he, he found himself in, he, of course, is wondering about his fiancée who was pregnant. He knew that he was not the father. He hadn't been with her in, in a physical way. And, of course, he must have been considering this. He must have been thinking about this on this, on this journey, on this trip. He must have been wondering who the father was and, and why his betrothed had been unfaithful. There were so many things which he must have been wondering about, so many things which he must have been considering. And I'm sure that we have all experienced similar situations. I'm sure that we have all been in situations that have left us considering and, and asking the question, why? Why me? Why now? I'm sure you've asked that question this year. With all the unplanned and unpredicted events that have happened and the unexpected pandemic that we've all faced, I'm sure there's been confusion. I'm sure there's been frustration and disappointment. Has life seemed confusing to you? Perhaps even, even hopeless to, to some degree? Is that the, the situation that you find yourself in tonight? While well, be encouraged by the promise of Christmas. Be encouraged by the promise of Jesus Christ. So look at verse 20, Matthew chapter 1. In verse 20, the scriptures tell us, But as he, as Joseph, considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. God broke through in space and time to speak to Joseph in his in his moment of need, in his moment of confusion, he was carried away through this difficult circumstance by the, the promise of Christmas. And the promise of Christmas, as we see in the Scripture, is in fact the promise of Jesus. And notice what the angel says to Joseph. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I've already preached four messages from this text to, to New Life Church. Um, so don't worry, New Life Church. Um, you'll be hearing a different sermon tomorrow. But there really is so much truth. There really is so much hope that we can learn from this promise here in Matthew chapter 1. 
But notice there, it was the promise of Jesus that enabled Joseph to deal with this problem, to deal faithfully and fruitfully with his difficult situation that he found himself in. And the same is true for us tonight. The same is true for all of us. The promise of Jesus gives us hope. Now the Hebrew name Jesus uh, means Jehovah is salvation. So the Christmas story is not primarily about the birth of a baby who would grow up to be a, a great moral teacher and example, although he did become all of those things. Rather, the Christmas story is the profound story of the birth, not of just a baby, but of the Savior. The birth of the Savior. When the Scriptures say that He, talking about Jesus, who will save His people from their sins, it means that Jesus will deliver His people from the penalty of their sins. From the penalty of their sins. And Scripture clearly shows us in so many places that we are born sinners. That all of us are born sinners. Our hearts, our souls, our bodies are, are captive to sin. And we are born as slaves to sin, as Romans 6 tells us. And we have no choice but to sin. And we live in the foolishness of our minds and, and in the bliss of our ignorance. In Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it tells us that as sinners, we loved the world and we hated God. And as unredeemed sinners, we loved the passions of our flesh and deemed God unnecessary. And were His enemy and walked away from Him. And walked away from His word and didn't want it challenging our lives. As unredeemed sinners, we were lovers of self rather than lovers of God. We are on the broad road that leads to hell. And in fact, we're happy to be there. But it was in this situation that the Lord came to save us from our sin. We all needed to be saved. We all need to be saved from this terrible situation. And God warns us of the wrath to come that if we refuse His offer of salvation. And the Bible clearly warns us of the wrath to come if we choose not to embrace His Son. And the Bible leaves us in no doubt that we need to be saved. Not from our circumstances, not from our family, not from our bad marriage, not from our our bad relationships, but we need to be saved from the penalty of our sin. We need to be saved from the wrath of God. And the promise of Christmas is that God will deliver His people from the wrath of God. And He did that by sending His Son as a payment, as a ransom for our sins. God did that 2,020 years ago when, when Jesus was sent to this earth as a human. Jesus wasn't created on Christmas Eve. He was incarnated. There's a huge difference there, folks. Jesus was always there. In the beginning was God. God was there. The Word was there. 
but he was incarnated. He became flesh. We talk about carnivores. And maybe, maybe this week you've had chili con con. That's, that's flesh. Okay, you've been eating flesh. Jesus became flesh. He became a man. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. The promise of Christmas is about God becoming a man. And he was born into this world from a virgin whose name was Mary. And he grew up and he dwelt among us, the Bible says. But he lived a perfect life. He obeyed the law. He kept the law perfectly. He fulfilled the law perfectly. So that he could die a perfect death. So that he could offer his body, his perfect body, his sinless body, his spotless body, as a ransom, as a payment for our sins. And we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. And if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, then you don't really know him at all. Because Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sins. He didn't come to make us healthy, wealthy, or prosperous. He came to save us from our sins. And if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, then you don't have a relationship with the God of this universe. That's the bad news. But I want to share another encouraging truth for those who do know Jesus as their Savior. And I hope this will fill you with much joy tonight. The promise of Christmas from Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 isn't just to get us out of, he out of hell. It's not a get out of prison free card. The promise of Christmas includes the full work of redemption that will one day reverse the curse of sin when Christ returns. Romans chapter 8 verse 22 tells us, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So right now the entire creation is reflecting the curse of sin. All creation groans, that is, all created things suffer a common misery, being in a state of pain and disorder. And this groaning is intense. And Paul uses this wonderful simile of a, of a woman in childbirth as in the pains of childbirth. You know, in the beginning of this year, at the beginning of the lockdown, I preached a sermon in Luke chapter 5, which I, which I titled, Love, Leprosy, and COVID-19. And we studied together where leprosy and COVID came from. And COVID-19 did not originally come from China. COVID and leprosy can be traced all the way back to the Garden of Eden. In the beginning, there was no rogue parasites or harmful germs. Genesis 1.31 tells us that in the Garden of Eden, everything was good. And I believe that bacteria and viruses were part of God's perfect design in the Garden of Eden. It was necessary. And we know from microbiology that, that bacteria plays a, an important role in sustaining life on the planet and that viruses contribute to the functionality of these bacterial agents. The bacteria and viruses in and of themselves are not sinful, they're not evil. These bacteria and viruses were part of God's good design for an intricately ordered creation. 
But the problem started when sin entered the world. Everything changed when sin entered the world. The Bible tells us, and death through sin. And creation itself was subject to futility, Romans 5 tells us. But God created us perfectly. We were never created to die. We were created to live with God forever and ever in the Garden of Eden, perfectly enjoying Him and the creation that He had made for us. But because of sin, because of the fall, old age and degeneration and sickness and death become a reality and all creation was subject to it. And all men die and all animals die and all plant life dies because of the fall, because of sin. But Romans 8 verse 21 tells us, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So here the Apostle Paul explains that the entire universe that is under this curse eagerly longs for the day when it will join with God's children in glorious liberation from death and decay. And Paul is speaking of the new heavens and the new earth that Romans, sorry, that Revelation 22 talk about. When there will no longer be any curse. And the curse of sin will be lifted and all creation will be restored. Back to, back to Eden. Back to perfection. Revelation 21 verse 4 tells us that there will be no more death. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. Because those things would have passed away. Don't you look forward to that day? But Romans 8 verse 19 in the ESV says the following. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now the Apostle Paul is writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us that all creation is eagerly waiting that, that future glorious day when God's children become who they always were meant to be. J.B. Phillips, New Testament in modern English, he renders this verse, verse 19 like this. He says, The whole creation is on tiptoes to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. I love the way he describes that. When at last sin is removed from the children of God, all of nature will, will burst forth into glory. And the promise of Christmas from Matthew 21 includes the full work of redemption that will one day reverse the curse of sin when Christ returns. And when Jesus comes for all of those who have trusted in Him, God will restore all things. And He will create a new heaven and a new earth to replace that which sin destroyed. And mankind will no longer be fallen but we will be restored. We will be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And this Christmas promise reminds us that that hope transforms our suffering. The promise of Christmas is not just that we are saved from our sins, but the promise of Christmas is eternal. It's everlasting. All creation waits for the promise of full and final restoration and redemption. 
when Christ returns. We wait with eager hope for that day when our bodies will be released from the sin and from the suffering. And the promise of Christmas is a magnificent future for the believer. Complete with a brand new glorified body. At present, we, we just have a taste of that with the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us. But our hope and our salvation is in calling upon the name of the Lord and trusting in Jesus' perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this Christmas, of all Christmases, we need this hope. The hope we need is found in the words of the angel Gabriel to Joseph. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. As a church, we love to sing the song, Is He Worthy? by Andrew Peterson. Maybe you know it. But the words of that song echo the promise of Christmas. Let me read those words to you, just a few lines here. And you, Life Church, please help me here. Respond, okay? Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Help me here, guys. We do. Is all creation groaning? It is. We just saw that in Romans 8. Is a new creation coming? We saw that in Revelation 21. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? This Christmas more so than ever, isn't it? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? And what is his name? Because he will save his people from their sins. He is the Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. He is worthy of all of our blessing and honor and glory. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior tonight, maybe you're watching online for the first time, and you realize that you need to be saved from your sins, then may this Christmas be the Christmas that God gives you the faith to repent of your sins and to put your faith in Jesus Christ. But if Jesus is your Savior, then be encouraged tonight, Christian. May Christmas 2020 fill you with the hope and remind you that Jesus' full work of redemption has solved your biggest problem and has purchased our complete salvation. And that one day, when Christ returns, the curse of sin will be removed. Oh, what a wonderful day. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we look forward to that day. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, for just wishing that the borders from Abu Dhabi and Dubai would be open. Lord, forgive us for being so short-sighted. Forgive us for just wishing that these regulations would go away and that we could live our lives as normal. Forgive us, Lord, for being so 
narrow-minded. Lord, this Christmas, please help us focus on eternity. Stamp eternity on our eyeballs, Lord Jesus, tonight as we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. As we remember what you have done for us in your complete work of salvation. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he would save us from our sins. That he would redeem us and all creation. And we look forward to that day. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Encourage our hearts tonight, Father. Keep our hearts focused on you. And help us to share the hope that we have within us. With those around us needing to hear about the light of this world. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.